The Fan. Live, local, and talking about the teams that matter to you. This is Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by Automotive Color and Supply. Good morning and welcome to Talkin' Sports. Saturday, September 24th, 2022. Welcome in, along with Justin Kenny from OPS and OutsideTheHuddle.net. And, of course, Caleb and Kenny in the morning. Got to add that, too. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm a uh, P1 listener every morning on my way to work. Uh, well, great. Well, appreciate I, I hear it, the, I hear the, the, the wonderful tones of Mr. Caleb Hatch and Mr. Justin Kenny. Enjoy it. I like the fact that I can just listen to sports the entire commute, which is about a half an hour. So that thank nice. You. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Appreciate you listening. Well, we we appreciate you having local sports on in the morning. That's great. Well, anyway, good morning. Welcome in because we're talking local sports of all sorts until 10 o'clock this morning. And then it'll be Fighting Irish Preview. And I'd love to hear Fighting Irish Preview this morning, which I will. Because the Judge Phil Houck and America's foremost authority on Notre Dame Fighting Irish football, Mr. Tim Priester, will be breaking down the uh, the fortunes of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Are they going to be able to solve the Tar Heels of North Carolina? Ooh, I know some people are optimistic, but that offense is very good for North Carolina. I know they haven't really necessarily played Murderer's Row, but... Those are some eye-popping numbers. I don't know if Notre Dame can keep up offensively. We'll Justin, see. what is your prediction in one word? Heels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, got, I couldn't put tar heels, but heels. There we go. Okay. 46862 is the automotive color and supply text line. 46862. Put TS in the front of your message. Uh, of course, this morning we're going to be breaking down week six of the high school football season around northeast Indiana. We will also be talking in our weekly Cougar Chat with University of St. Francis Athletic Director Mike McCaffrey. And the Cougars are in action once again at Bishop John M. Darcy Stadium tonight at 6 p.m. against St. Xavier. The Cougars face the Cougars. And in the past, this has been one gigantic rivalry. And this should be the stiffest test for the St. Francis Cougars thus far. St. Xavier 1-2. and two. Let's let Mike tell us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, last week against Judson was a lot of fun out at Darcy and a uh, great crowd and just a great atmosphere for college football. So, and boy, we've been saying the name for four years, let's say it uh, even longer, Laban Davis. He's hit the ground running with the Cougs, hasn't oh, he? Oh, my goodness. He scored on a touchdown run. And then he had one called back due to penalty. But he uh, refuses to be on the ground and it's it's just incredible to watch this kid a true freshman so anyway uh, 46862 automotive color and supply text line 46862 put ts in the front of your message if you will and uh, let's take a look at the week six scores in high school football from last night and starting out at shields field at bishop dwenger it was the saints 41 to 12 over concordia it was the Carter Minnick show. Wow, Carter, four touchdowns and a half last night. The junior just absolutely goes off against the cadets last night. Johnny Washington with a huge game yes. last night for Concordia, but it wasn't enough as the Saints get the win. 
an impressive fashion. Uh, Johnny Washington finished 13 receptions, 262 yards, two touchdowns. But, yeah, Carter Minix was the show last night. Great job by the junior. And Bishop Dwinger improves to 4-2. and two. Other scores had Bishop Lewers beating Northrop at Spooler Stadium last night by a score of 35-10. to 10. Charlie Stansky once again. Yeah, Charles Stansky, what can you say? Hey, came into last night as the leading passer in the SAC in terms of total yards, over 1,000 yards added to that. Last night hooked up with Nick Thompson for a big touchdown. And you know, Bishop Lewers, kind of a, an afterthought in the SAC this year. And, and no no fault to them, you know, losing a lot of guys and, you know, in 2A can be difficult. But, you know, when we look at 2A and we look at that sectional and, you know, east side, of course, in there, and it could be an east side lure showdown again for that sectional. But those are always fun. Those are always fun, <laughs> right? So, you know, I, I feel like Bishop Lures has a chance to make some noise in the postseason, provided they can stay healthy. Other scores had uh, in a shootout. Oh, my goodness, what a shootout at Homestead. It was Northside with their first ever win over Homestead in the sport of football. 50 to 49, Dante Lambert, 305 yards rushing against that Homestead defense and two scores for Lambert. And uh, But he wasn't uh, he wasn't the entire offense, obviously, <laughs> with uh, with the 99 combined points scored. But... Uh, Northside now four and two on the season and uh, competing with anybody and everybody. Sorry if you had uh, the over at 100, but you just missed it at 99 last night at Homestead. A big night for Jonte Lambert. Big night for Bodie Dickerson. 21 of 26, 245 yards passing, four touchdowns. Bronte Johnson goes over 100 yards receiving. You know this game was clinched towards the end. Homestead was going down the field, setting themselves up at least for a field goal attempt to win. And just over a minute 30 left, fumbled. Uh, good strip by Northside in recovery and sealed the win for the Legends. Good road win for North. And now they set themselves up a final three games of Southside, Northrop, and Concordia. The Legends could very well finish the regular season with a 7-2 and record. Snyder went into Wayne Stadium and beat the Generals by a score of 49-7. to Lamaria Nelson he of the 427 yards rushing last week was held to what 97 yards. Yeah, 97 uh, yards. But still uh, against the Snyder defense. But Snyder exerted their will on the general defense, 49 to seven. Good win by Snyder. That defense showed up as you mentioned, slowing down Lamarion Nelson. I know a lot of those yards came when the game was was not in doubt later on in the contest. So. Snyder, since that loss in week two to Carroll, four straight wins and now have Northrop DeWanger and Lures left on the schedule. So the Panthers trying to gear up in what will be a very interesting sectional 12 with Snyder, Northside, and DeWanger all in there. And the final score in the Summit Athletic Conference last night, league-leading Carroll uh, stayed unblemished with a 58-6 victory over the Southside Archers. All 64 points were scored in the first half of play with a rolling clock in the second half. Jimmy Sullivan was on the bench with three minutes left in the first first half, so that kind of tells you how this game went. Carroll just got up big and coasted in the second half, and the Chargers remain firmly in control of the SAC. And that's right. And, and what you have right now in the SAC is Carroll at the top with a 6-0 and record, 
Snyder, 5-1, and one, their only loss. Two Carroll. Two Carroll, yep. And then you've got Dwenger and Northside at 4-2. and two. Of course, Dwenger beaten by Carroll and Northside in that one. Um, so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an interesting, but I don't know if anybody's going to be able to uh, uh, solve the Carroll yeah. Chargers. But that's why we light up the scoreboard every week right? and put people in the stands. So uh, the, the SAC conference, uh, somebody has to derail those Chargers. Looking at the Northeast 8 conference from last night, Talk about a shootout at Waterloo at DeKalb. The Barons win by a score of 56-48 over the Huntington North Vikings. We knew Huntington North could put the ball in the end zone, and we knew that, that Tegan Irk from, from DeKalb was an outstanding quarterback. You see 100-plus points? I, I did not in this game. I knew at some point DeKalb was going to break through with a win, and they've kind of been a disappointment through the first half of the season, but this is a good win for DeKalb. And Tegan Irk just continues to put up huge numbers for the DeKalb Barons. Their issue has been they haven't been able to stop anybody, and that was the case again last night. But, you know, Tegan Irk goes, he hooks up with Caden Pettis for a couple touchdowns, and it was just whoever had the ball last, almost similar to that Northside Homestead game. But DeKalb gets the win, ends a three-game losing streak. Their reward is going to Norwell next week. Yes, indeed. And, and, and yeah, Irk uh, passed for 390 yards. It's not bad. And five touchdowns that's on a, the night. That's a decent, decent night at the office. Here's another one. Columbia City over New Haven at home. 49 to 7. Now this comes off the 42 to 7 drubbing of DeKalb by the Eagles the week before. So Columbia City now sitting 4 and 0 uh right there tied with the Norwell Knights and 5 and 1 overall. Columbia said, but this is not uncharted waters for the Columbia City Eagles uh because of their schedule. Uh they seem to get out to this type of start. Now, can they sustain Sure. That's going to be the big thing. But uh, Columbia City 49-7, to uh, somewhat surprising in the final score there against New Haven. That was the game I was at last night. Was surprised, too, with how this game went. Three consecutive onside kicks by Columbia City that they recovered, starting with the, fir- with the first kick of the game. Martin Smith was phenomenal in the onside kicks. Three straight. They were three wow. for three. And were really able to blitz past a New Haven team that was that's low on number, maybe dressed like 35 kids last night, and when you have a defense that has to be out there continuously with those onside kicks, they struggled. You know, New Haven on their first offensive play hits Mylon Graham's 71-yard touchdown, and they didn't score again. It was a big, big night for Columbia City. The running game was working. Uh, Justice Garee had a big game. You know, Stratton Fuller with a big catch and run for a touchdown in which he beat Mylon Graham on that play. So a lot to like by Columbia City. The defense looks solid. You know, you go to East Noble, then you have Leo, and then you have Norwell. So the question remains, can this team compete with Norwell? I think we mm-hmm. know they can compete with East Noble and Leo, but that Norwell game week nine looms large if Columbia City can continue to win. And speaking of Norwell in a battle of nights up in Cundleville, Indiana last night in a game you heard right here. On 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, the Norwell Knights pitched another shutout, beating East Noble 45 to nothing. They've given up 
14 points this season through six weeks. Goal line stand late in that game to preserve the shutout, and Norwell entered that game with a state-best 2.8 points per game allowed, and it went down last yeah. night <laughs> to 2.3. So the the play of this defense has been absolutely phenomenal. And I said it earlier this week, you know, coming into the season, I thought Norwell would be really good, but I didn't know how they could match up with Chatard or West Lafayette, those big teams in 3A that are, that are really good this year. But through six weeks, I don't put anything past Norwell. They are just as good, in my opinion, as either of those teams. And I think this team, if it continues to play the way it has and stays healthy, has a shot to make a very, very deep run in the postseason. Yeah, and as we were set up in the 1380 tent, uh, just inside the uh, the entrance to the stadium at East Noble, when the Norwell team walked past us to head out for warm-ups and then back, you couldn't uh, not recognize the size sure. of all of those kids. And, uh, you know, that's that's something that, well... You know, you're going to be undersized going up against the 317 uh, area code. And, and this could be, I'm, I'm not saying it will be, you know, you've got the Shittards, you've got, yeah, who knows. Right. But, uh, but right now, I mean, that defense is staunch. And, uh, and obviously they can put points on the board uh, just about anywhere on the field. So, uh, once again, Norwell moves their record to 6-0, 4-0 in the any eight conference along with Columbia city with a 45, nothing victory over the East noble Knights. Now let's move to the Allen County athletic conference and the game of the night in the ACAC. Uh, well, Adam central kind of ruined that party beating the South Adams Starfires at South Adams by a score of 49 to 20. And we've got a uh, text that came in on the automotive color and supply text line. Says awesome atmosphere and burn last night. Major sellout. Standing room only everywhere. Got to be the best 1A game in the state. South Adams 2020 and uh, Adams Central 2021. Uh, both 1A state runners up. So, I mean, it was in um, who knows for 2022. Let's see what happens. But Adams Central, once again, showing that, uh, well, right now they are the class of the Allen County Athletic Conference. They are by a significant margin. And talking to Michael Mosier earlier this week on the coaches show, he said, we got a lot of stuff to clean up. And, you know, as an outsider, you're kind of scoffing at that. But for 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 Coach Mosher's team and, and go to that next level, when we look at a potential rematch, and I know this is way further, way in the future, but if they do play Lutheran again in the state championship game and, and Lutheran got a big win over Cecina last night, that was a good test for them then they're going to have to play better defense than they did a year ago in that 34-28 loss to Lutheran. So I think that side of the football is where Michael Moser is going to find the most issue right now, and he has three more games, three more regular season games to continue to refine that because it, it's going to loom large for Adam Central if they're going to make a run. And I know people will say, well, you know, a lot, some of those points come in, in garbage time, but you know, you need to be hitting on all cylinders come week 10 and beyond. And I do think there's a, a area or areas of Adam Central that they continue to improve on. They get Southern Wells, Bluffton, and Woodland to close it out. So have to like their chances over the final three weeks. 
Well, Coach Mosier uh, wanting to clean some things up, obviously striving for perfection. I know there's uh, there's times when I'll listen to a coach's show out of Adams County, and uh, when I get the chance to listen, uh, if he's on when I tune it in, you listen to him and you think, oh, well, they took it on the chin last night. <laughs> no, you know, no, they won fifty-five to six or something like that. So uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, it, it's something to, to uh, you know, if we're good, we want to be better. We just want to keep ascending that that ladder. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, Adam Central, 3-0 and in uh, the ACAC, 6-0 overall. Bluffton gets a 50 to nothing win over Southern Wells. Not much to say in this one. Bluffton went in, took care of business, got a win, 24 minutes of running clock in this one in the second half, and the Tigers get a dub, improved to 3-1 and in the ACAC. And then in the other uh, Allen County Athletic Conference score, it was uh, Woodland getting a win at Jake County by a score of 40 to 33. Good night for Jake Snyder and the Warriors end a three-game losing streak in in dramatic fashion, a, a seven-point win on the road. It was a back-and-forth game, but Woodland pulls it out at the end. Good dub for them, and that's a team that can put up some points offensively in the right matchups, and last night was definitely one of those, and credit to the Warriors going on the road, get a solid dub. That's right. And the uh, game that was out of conference for the ACAC, the Heritage Patriots, uh, went to LaPel and were beaten by LaPel 32-27. to Tough one for Heritage. It was a back-and-forth game. Got behind early and then fought back into it. But a good test for Heritage. You know, you look at the last two weeks, and they play Adam Central, then they go to LaPel, and, you know, all the, the, the positive vibes and excitement out of that South Adams win. But these last two weeks have been you know, a reminder that this squad has a ways to go still. And you can you can bet that Casey Kolkman will use that to fuel this team as they head to Bluffton next week in what should be a, a pretty interesting matchup. Yeah, a big one, yeah. Well, tell you what, let's, uh, let's take a break before we uh, give you the Northeast Corner Conference scores. Uh, but before we go to break, I want to tell you about my friends at Culligan. Uh, you buy bottled water. You buy it, do you lug it from the store, into your trunk, out of your trunk, into your house? I've got a solution for you. The Culligan Reverse Osmosis Drinking Water System. They'll come in, and, it, and it's right at your tap. You need to push this little button. It's called the Clear Link Pro. If you remember the easy button, same type of setup. you got a little tank underneath your sink, okay, and that will house the pristine water with a few little filters anyway. You turn on your faucet, you hit this little button, it turns your water into pristine drinking water uh, with with very, very low total dissolved solids, and that's what you want in your drinking water, You're like bottled water, right there at your tap. Give Culligan a call today at 484-8668. That's 484-8668, and ask about the reverse osmosis drinking water system. You'll be glad you did. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Talkin' Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply, on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. 
If you looked at your auto or homeowner's insurance rate lately, think it's about time to get a competitive quote? Call the Wise Insurance Agency today at 260-747-5373. Located at 7410 Bluffton Road, Wise Insurance is a local company that's been in business for 25 years. Being an independent agent working with over 15 A-plus rated carriers allows Coach Ron Wise to assess your needs and determine the best option for you to give you maximum coverage with the most affordable premiums. The Wise Insurance Agency also offers motorcycle, RV, and watercraft insurance, as well as renter's insurance, flood, and umbrella policies. Multi-policy discounts are also available, and make sure to ask Ron about the good student discount up to 20%. Let Coach Wise show you the fundamentals of getting the right insurance. Don't put it off. Contact Coach Ron and the Wise Insurance Agency team today at 260-747-5373 or find them online at thewiseinsuranceagency.com. Love and Light Wellness Spa, how can I help you today? Hi there, I'd like to make an appointment for next week. Excellent, does Tuesday 9 a.m. work? Ooh, mornings are when I go to Taco Bell to get my bacon breakfast quesadilla. Um, okay. Yeah, I really don't like missing out on those fluffy eggs and crispy bacon covered in melty cheeses. Oh, I understand. Let's see what I have in the afternoon. Namaste. Try the bacon breakfast quesadilla, only at Taco Bell. A limited participating U.S. Taco Bell locations near you during breakfast hours only, 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. Contact local store for hours of participation, which vary. When you have trouble sleeping, it's tough. When kids have trouble sleeping... Mom, I can't sleep. Dad, just one more story? For nights like this, try Vicks Pure Z's Kids. Our great-tasting gummies are specially formulated for kids with a unique blend of botanicals and a low dose of melatonin to support their natural sleep cycle. Best of all, they're drug-free and non-habit-forming. Help your child fall asleep naturally with Pure Z's Kids Gummies. Consult with a doctor before use for ages 4 and up. I expect it to be a lot easier. I didn't know what step to take next. I was transitioning from the military. I was a vehicle gunner. An avionics specialist. I missed my unit. My family. Playing with my daughter, I felt like a stranger. I didn't have a clear sense of what to do next. And then I thought, if I'm going through this, other veterans have gone through it too, right? So I reached out, and I saw that I wasn't alone. Go to maketheconnection.net to learn how other veterans have overcome the challenges of transitioning out of the military. Heavy uterine bleeding and iron deficiency anemia through the years. Oh, I've been there. Huh? That sweater tied around your waist? I've been there. Heavy period? Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do. Oh, I've been there. Huh? The record album you're using to cover your behind. I've been there. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women used to do. Oh, I've been there. Huh? Your backward waitress apron taking no chances. I've been there. Yeah. Makes you wonder what women... If you've been there, you get it. Excessive menstrual bleeding for six months or more is known as heavy uterine bleeding, or HUB. When you lose more blood, you lose more iron. HUB may lead to another medical condition called iron deficiency anemia, or IDA. Low iron from IDA can disrupt your everyday life with debilitating tiredness, headache, and weakness. But some people may show no symptoms. Learn about iron deficiency anemia and take a quiz to share with your doctor at imayhaveida.com. That's imayhaveida.com. Brought to you by HealthyWomen.org and Daiichi Sankyo, Inc. Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it. Unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. 
A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Let's just play a little bit. One of my favorite albums of all time. Really? Aerosmith, Toys in the Attic. Very nice. Yes. yes. I remember this from 1974. Sitting in Schnelker's basement. <laughs> anyway. Too much information. Sophomores in high school. Welcome back to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply. We are recapping week six of the high school football season. And I uh, had a text that came in that said uh, uh, 59ers and then the Andrean 59ers. That's right. Andrean was victorious over the Hobart Brickies last night by a score of 24 to 17, running their record to four and two. There now we satisfy every listener's uh, <laughs> uh, thirst for their favorite high school football team. And uh, yes, we know who you are, Mr. Weejack. So, but thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Anyway, uh, four, four, I was going to give the phone number. What am I doing here? No, 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 no. Four, six, eight, six, two. That's it. Four, six, eight, six, two. Automotive color and supply text line. Uh, put TS in front of your message. Uh, were you at a game last night? Um, any surprises in high school football uh, from your eyes as we're six weeks into the nine-week regular season, and then the first round of playoffs and the road to Lucas Oil Stadium uh, will commence. And, uh, oh, my goodness, it's it should be an interesting time. Do we have teams that can go far? You know, the Adam Centrals of the world, the Norwell Knights. Uh, Norwell seems, well, well they, they, they haven't been tested, but uh, they're coming up against some of the better teams. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Same thing, Adam Central, all comers thus far. So um, we shall see what transpires here. Let's take a look at the Northeast Corner Conference scores from last night. And uh, in a big, uh, excuse me, in a small division uh, matchup, it was Cherubusco just doing whatever they wanted against Fremont, 44 to nothing for the Eagles. Uh, and then uh, that will uh, run their record to 2 and one in the small division conference, four and two overall. Becoming a little bit interesting in the small division when you look at Eastside up top and Central Noble with undefeated record and Cherubusco sitting at two and one. It'll be Central Noble at Cherubusco next week. Mm -hmm. That will have impacts on the race. And then Eastside at Central Noble in week eight. So it'll be an interesting couple weeks in the small division as they fight over that championship over the next couple weeks. In a score that was a little bit of a surprise to me, Justin, it was Angola, 39-6 to over Fairfield. Fairfield now 0-2 in big division play, 4-2 overall. Uh, they start out the season 4-0 and and then uh, were beaten last week by West Noble handily. Same thing uh, here, uh, a 33-point margin of defeat. No Carter Kitson last night for Fairfield. That hurt, but look. If you can defend the triple option, and that's what Fairfield brings to the table, if you can be disciplined and really locked in on taking away the option, you have a great chance of beating Fairfield. And West Noble was able to do it last week, and Angola did it last night. It was a great all-around performance 
by the Hornets, who are in commanding position in the big division of the NECC. In another score, West Noble over Garrett, 40 to 14. West Noble now two and one in the big division, five and one overall. Uh, and Garrett still struggling, uh, 0 and six overall, 0 and two in big division play. So the Railroaders still struggling. Yeah, it's it's been tough to watch this year for for Garrett, unfortunately. But West Noble just humming along, five and one now. They're only lost to Angola, as we mentioned. Back-to-back good wins. Fairfield, that lopsided dub that we were mentioned, and now Garrett. So, at, you know, Lakeland and Cherubusco the next two weeks, those will be interesting games for the Chargers. Yes. And speaking of the Lakers, uh, it was Lakeland over Central Noble, 49-20, to and in NECC crossover game, big versus small division. But the Lakers uh, move now to 3-3 three and three overall. Good win for when you look at that game, that matchup, and, you know, really, really solid performance there by Braden Holbrook. The freshman put up a couple touchdowns at quarterback, and he's really settling in, too. You're going to take the good with the bad with a freshman starting quarterback, but it's been more good of late for him. So Lakeland, after scuffling last week against Angola, um, gets that win. And, however, uh, Central Noble still a top the small division tied with East Side with the 2-0 and uh, small division mark in that one. And uh, it was East Side, speaking of the Blazers, uh, beating up on Prairie Heights by a score of 54-12 to in small division play. East Side now 2-0, and as we said, in small division play, 4-2 and overall. Prairie Heights falls to 1-5, and 0-3 oh in the small division. Blazers keep rolling. They get Fremont next week, then at Central Noble, at Angola consecutive weeks. So that'll be a big one. There's a lot of intrigue over the final third of the season when you look at the NECC. And we're missing it in the SAC. We're missing it in the ACAC. We have a game to kind of circle in the NE8 with Norwell and Columbia City potentially week nine. But all of the drama, I guess, in terms of the conference races, division races, the majority of it. I was just going to ask you what's left to get excited about once the week seven, eight, and nine come around with matchups. Yeah. Because by and large, uh, you know, Carol, the class of the SAC, uh, you know, Norwell in the NE8, uh, Adam Central in the ACAC, and then, you, you know, you've got uh, the Northeast corner. That's, that's still kind of up for grabs. But, uh, you know, playing fewer division games, obviously, than the others. But... Uh, Still, uh, it's, it's going to be just a, a lot of uh, looking forward to postseason play and some of the rivalry matchups we got coming up in the right. next few weeks. That's the big thing in the SAC next week, of course, rivalry week. So you have Carroll and Homestead. Could be the last opportunity for someone to knock off Carroll in the SAC. You, of course, have the Battle of the Bishops at Lures Field next Friday. You'll have the Totem Pole over at Chambers Field with North and South. So when we look at the SAC, while the drama at the top of the league may not be very fulfilling, rivalry rivalry week always gives us a sense of um, excitement with some of those matchups. That's a deal, throw out the records kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, when when it comes to that, four four, there I did it again. <laughs> four six eight six two. <laughs> four six eight six two. I. I no idea why that's uh, coming back into my head from like 12 years ago. But uh, anyway, 
automotive color and supply text line is open for you. Uh, at a text that came in that said, T.S. Whitco has been outscored 162 to eight since firing their head coach after week three. It's and not been pretty all season long for Whitco. I mean, there's three straight shutouts to start the year. And they've only four, scored 14 total points all season long, giving up an average of 55 points per game. Brad Sprunger has kind of stepped in as the interim coach there. And, you know, if you didn't you know, hear the backstory with that, Chip Coldiron dismissed after, what, week three, three in front of yeah. his team. Uh, after was, that 70-0 loss to Rochester. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't handled well all around. Just a mess at Whitco right now. You hope they can put it back together. It's just one of those programs that struggles for numbers, and I think it's only more, becoming more and more prevalent over the last couple of years in terms of lack of numbers. We see that at places like Southern Wells as well in the area. So tough situation for Whitco. Hopefully they can get to the end of the season and then start building something in the offseason. Do you see enrollments overall dropping at some of these schools? Yeah, or just complacency and just not wanting to come out for for sports because you know if the enrollments are dropping, then are we looking uh, at perhaps you know consolidating some of these schools? Well, it's been a struggle for Whitco when you look at where they're at. You know the the, the line between Whitley County and Kosciuszko County, and people either trending north of that or south of that. I think mm -hmm. it's just kind of in the no no. No, no man's land, basically. Um, even when you're driving past Whitco, kind of just pops out of nowhere. And I just feel like it's one of those schools that's kind of been left in the in in the lurch, basically, because kids are going north or south or east or west, and then nobody's going to Whitco, and that d directly impacts it. You look at Southern Wells too with declining enrollment, and it absolutely impacts your your athletic programs, especially with football where you can't get by with just five, six, seven kids like you can in basketball and, you know, track and, and soccer and stuff like that. You really need a solid 30, 40 kids to even be competitive and just unfortunately not seeing it at Wicco and Southern Wells and other places around the state. Definitely. But then on the other side of the coin, you have a South Adams and an Adams Central <laughs> who right? have, who have, uh, outstanding numbers yeah. for for schools their size that that are interested and want to be part of uh, historic programs, and that's where it comes into play. Where you have to build something from the ground up at places like Adams Central and South Adams. You know the youth football they buy in and all that, right? It's very much a process. It's no, by no means a a short turnaround to build something like that. But credit to both those communities, both of those teams that they've been able to do that over the better part of what is decades now in terms of making that an institution in both of those communities. 46862, Automotive Color and Supply, text line 46862. Put TS in the front of your message before we go to break. Uh, Fort Wayne Sports History. On this date, September 24th, in the year 2000, Southside's D.D. Nathan finishes ninth in the Olympic heptathlon competition. She is a former Southside archer and... Uh, one of the, the most decorated and finest athletes to come out of Fort Wayne in the history of Fort Wayne, Indiana, Dee Dee Nathan. Also, in 1993, Class 2A number one Bishop Lewers beats Class A or Class 4A 
number one, Wayne, in a squeaker, 28 to 27. And uh, back in 1993, well, you, you were you were about what? I was 11 years old. You were? Yeah. The young pup. Huh. I was I, around. I was still yelling at you to get off my lawn. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, let, let's go ahead. Let's step out, take a break. And then when we come back, let's talk to Mike McCaffrey. We will talk to him about uh, Cougar Athletics. We'll do so when we come back. You're listening to Talking Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. I can't think of any way to improve upon the service that I receive. Gibson's Heating and Plumbing is your independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer that is ranked number one out of nearly 300 dealers nationwide in customer satisfaction. Here's what Gibson's customers are saying. The office is always courteous. Gibson's service tech is exceptional in his attitude and performance and is friendly and efficient as he follows up and explains what he's done that day and what needs to be done if there's going to be a follow-up. Kudos to Gibson's for their outstanding service. Your independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Gibson'sHeating.com. No voting machines connected to the Internet. Voter identification required. You hear a lot about voter security lately. The state of Indiana has more than 20 security procedures in place. These are just a few to ensure that all votes are secure and accurately counted. Okay, that's a lot. So you can rest assured that in Indiana, your vote is private, protected, and accurately recorded. You can count on it. Sponsored by the Indiana Secretary of State, the station and the Indiana Broadcasters Association. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was going to do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit TickSuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to TickSuck.org for more information. TickSuck.org. Now back to Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovelin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talkin' Sports, powered by Automotive Color and Supply. Nice little crisp fall Saturday morning on tap for us. The Automotive Color and Supply text line is open at 46862. That's 46862. Put TS in front of your message. 
if you will. Had a text that came in uh, just as we were going to break. Says, was surprised with Dwanger's young QB, which was none other than sophomore Braxton Burmis. And uh, from the paper summary this morning, the Journal-Gazette, looks like there were four touchdown passes thrown by the Saints last evening. Were these from Mr. Burmis? They were. Great job by Burmis. Stepped into the starting role last week, mid-game with Sam Campbell going out and just looked all sorts of uncomfortable. Of course, that was at Carroll and thrust into that role against that defense is, is very challenging, but had a week of practice, was able to settle in. Kudos to the Dwanger staff for getting him ready, getting him comfortable, and really showed out last night. I, uh, you know, hearing before the season, he was the heir apparent anyway to Sam Campbell once he's moved on, and they look at Braxton Burmis as being that kid for the next two years, but... You know, that time frame got sped up a little bit. We're not sure if Sam Campbell comes back this season or not. But for Bishop Dwanger, at least through one game, you know, the the number two that has become the number one looked pretty darn good. You know, and it's, it's ironic that as we talk about high school football players uh, throughout on this show quite a bit uh, during football season and beyond, many of them end up as St. Francis Cougars. Yes. And uh, just last week, I mean, just seeing all of the, the names of the Fort Wayne players that are uh, dotting that uh, University of St. Francis Cougars roster, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. And I'll tell you what, there was an outstanding performance by the East Side kid, Mr. Laban Davis, last week. So let's go to the talk and sports phone line powered by Fire Police City County Federal Credit Union, because on that phone line is University of St. Francis Athletic Director Mike McCaffrey. Mike, good morning, sir. Good morning, Jimmy. How are you? I am great this morning. Hey, it's game day and uh, got a busy day on tap, but uh, I loved the 6 p.m. start. <laughs> uh, just just right there, I'll, I'll say it. As much as I like the noon in the tradition, the, the college football tradition, there's something to be said about 6 p.m. as well. Yeah, yeah well, we get to do it all over again tonight, too. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So we'll start off with a, a soccer game at noon. The women's soccer team will open up their uh, home Crossroads League season today against Bethel uh, and, and get into some homecoming festivities, have a bunch of alumni back on campus, uh, a couple of alumni basketball games over in the gym, and then, uh, yeah, gearing up for another 6 p.m. kickoff. I'm with you. I mean, the atmosphere around a night game is, is fun. Um, you know, I mean, it, it makes for a, kind of the buildup of the day, and, and for, for some people it's a longer day than others. Um, but definitely the, the crowd was into it. We gave them something to cheer for um, and doing it under the lights. It's it's a different feeling. We haven't done it in a couple of years, so I'm glad we get to do it back-to-back -back and have another one tonight and bring in St. Xavier. Yes, and of course, uh, last week's opponent, Judson, uh, uh, I guess a relatively newer uh, football program, but uh, not the case with St. Xavier. The Cougars come in. Now they're one and two on the season but uh, over the years, the, 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 over the, the time that I've been involved with uh, University of St. Francis football, this has been a storied rivalry. Oh, no question. They are uh, they have one of the best coaches around in Mike Feminist. Uh, we've had some great battles. I, I think back to, I think it was 2010 when it was number one versus number two. Um, and that was, I think, one of our first games under the lights. And, and they, they've got a national championship under their belt. Um, back, I think, 2013. Uh, we've obviously got two, 16, and 17. Uh, they're one and two, but, you know, one of those losses was uh, to University of Indianapolis. Uh, the other one was to St. Thomas out of Florida, who, uh, you know, that's a tough trip to make, and I think just kind of up front, 
from what I understand, kind of outmuscled them. But then they bounced back and beat St. Anna Heights last week, um, which is now they're getting in back into the MSFA schedule where they've done pretty well throughout the years. And uh, I can't remember how many times they've won the uh, MSFA Midwest League. I think Olivet got them uh, last year, but they're uh, they're a really good football team, and this will be our toughest test yet for sure. Judson came in last week and had a couple playmakers, and we knew that. They've got a wide receiver that could certainly go up and get it, and he did that against us a couple times to get them on the board. But I think, you know, given we scored 51 points, we had, what, two fumbles, an interception. We settled for two field goals on the opening drive. I mean, we certainly could have uh, scored a lot more if we fine-tuned some things, and I have no doubt that uh, Coach Donnelly, Coach Sherman, Blackman, Millhouse, and those guys are going to fix those things and have us ready to go because if we do that against St. X, it, it won't be like it was against Judson. Well, and yeah, of course, let's let's talk about uh, you know some. Of the, well, we we were mentioning as as we came back and you know talking about the fact that the University of St. Francis football team and, and the athletic department itself is uh, home to a lot of Fort Wayne area student athletes, and uh, you know not uh, not even even to a lesser extent the football roster, which is uh, now taking a, a lot bigger. Fort Wayne and Northeast, it's it's fun to be able to watch kids in high school and then watch them as they progress into the collegiate ranks. And, uh, well, and we, we keep talking about this kid, Laban Davis. You know, uh, wow, what, you know, a couple, the, the, I guess even the one that got called back, you know, yeah. but but his, his thirst uh, for the end zone, uh, just not to be denied. And this is a true freshman and uh, just making an impact immediately. Yeah, I mean, Coach Donnelly gave you the heads up before the season that, he, that this was going to happen, and, and uh, he certainly uh, made his appearance and made his debut under the lights at Darcy Stadium, a pretty memorable one. Um, and, yeah, like you said, we, you know, when we started football, there wasn't a lot of competition in Indiana or in Michigan, and, and we were kind of getting down into Indianapolis, and, and we were recruiting a little further away even. But now that you've got Marion and Concordia and Siena Heights and Indiana Wesleyan and all these schools that are near us, mm-hmm. com- competing in the same region i mean if, if we don't we don't take care of business in fort wayne then then we're we're not doing what we need to do and obviously we still go into ohio and we go into michigan a little bit but with all the competition around we really had to hone in and make sure that our our hometown kids wanted to stay and you've seen that the last several years and, and we've done it in in baseball and basketball and some of the other sports as well but uh, when you see a laban davis and i think uh K.J. Tidman might be suiting up for the first time today, and you've got big Joe Henry uh, tackle. Of course, I'm partial to my Dwanger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's anytime you can you can welcome uh, local fans. I mean, we're a commuter school traditionally, so it fits who St. Francis is. We're, uh, we get a lot of students, not just student-athletes, that live in the region, and we do well in this area. So it's uh, it kind of follows the same pattern of who we are at St. Francis, but to get the quality of kids that we are, uh, to stay home and to play football for us, it's it's fun to watch for sure. We're talking this morning with Mike McCaffrey, athletic director at the University of St. Francis, in our weekly Cougar Chat. And uh, let's talk about the fall sports right now. And uh, and everything is in full bloom right now. Um, they're they're running. There's there's all kinds of there's volleyball going on. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about some of the highlights. Yeah, so volleyball is is uh, on the road today down at Marion. Uh, lost a tough one at Indiana Wesleyan last night, and that was coming off of a huge win we had Wednesday at Hustle over number 19 Taylor. Uh, just a great match, a great volleyball match. Went to the fifth set, ended up taking that one, and that was a big one for our team. 
Um, and then tough to follow that one up and have to go on the road at Indiana Wesleyan, who I think is ranked 11th in the country. Um, and then now I have to go down to Marion and play one of the better teams in the country. So it's a tough stretch for them, but they are playing well, and, and they're gritty, and they're tough, and Coach Haddix has them believing. Uh, so that's fun. And then the soccer crossroads league schedule kicks off today. So as I mentioned, the women will be at home against Bethel. The men are on the road uh, at Bethel. Um, so this is now kind of into the, the heat of it. We played a bunch of preseason matches with non-Crossroads League teams, and we've had some success. Um, the men's team obviously finishing with only one loss going into the Crossroads League schedule gives them some confidence. But, man, these soccer conferences in the Crossroads, they're, they're so good. I mean, so many ranked teams, so many tough opponents. It's, it's, a, it's a battle every single time. So it's going to be interesting to see how we can do here on the first day. Um, and then cross country and them are off for, for a couple of weeks and, and golf will have another match coming up here in a week or two. And, um, tennis is all over. It's kind of the, the quickest season that we have in the fall is our tennis season where it's already over. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play the championship matches today, but, uh, no, it's certainly in full swing. And again, excited to get out there and watch the women's soccer team at noon and enjoy some homecoming festivities and then uh, watch the Cougs at six o'clock. Well, and for those not familiar with, crossroads league uh play regardless of sport uh please come out give it a give it a shot take a look i mean whether it's basketball uh, volleyball anything i'll tell you what that along with the wolverine hoosier athletic conference my goodness uh yeah they're naia but i'll tell you what uh, you go out to a crossroads league basketball game and oh my goodness you're gonna see strength you're gonna see size you're gonna see speed and in tenacity and and it's just you you kind of lose yourself in the competition of the game and uh it seems like everybody in the crossroads league can beat anybody else on a given night and uh that's just this is one of the beauties of what we have right here in fort wayne indiana uh between the crossroads and the wolverine uh, hoosier athletic with uh, with indiana tech as well yeah yeah i mean we're all competing for the same athletes around here some mm-hmm. some schools in the conference obviously reach a little further uh, and in their recruiting efforts, some have a stronger international presence when you look at certain sports like tennis and soccer and golf and some of those. But, uh, I mean, luckily within the Crossroads League, I think each of our schools have found kind of a little niche and kind of who we are, what we're all about. And that may attract a student you know, one way or another. But, I mean, we're out there competing with these other nine schools every single day for, for recruits. And uh, it's a dogfight. And, you know, some have nicer facilities than others. Some have, you know, more financial aid to offer. Uh, we're kind of that blue-collar, uh, gritty, get-after-it school in our conference. And, you know, when we win um, and when we have win conference championships and compete for those, our coaches and student-athletes have done a tremendous job. Um, so it's it's a great conference to be a part of. Uh, we love it. Uh, we hope to be a part of it for a long time. And obviously, uh, I'm biased, but I've, I'll put the NAI right up there against uh, NCAA Division II, Division III, and, and the rest of them because I think it's great. Well, Mike, if somebody wants to uh, try out St. Francis football tonight at 6 o'clock, how do they get tickets? Well, they can go online and get them ahead of time Um, on our website. uh, The ticket link will take you right to the game. You can get your tickets there. Or we do do cash at the gate for for football, uh, $10 for adults and $5 for seniors and for students 21 and under, and then all kids 12 and under are free. Uh, So we hope that we'll have a a large contingent out. We're recognizing our... 2004, 2005, 2006 football teams at the game tonight, which is the the first group to make it to the national championship. So each 
game this season because it's our 25th anniversary. We're honoring different groups. So we hope to see a bunch of those alums out tonight. I know one is bringing the entire uh, Bluffton youth, uh, youth football program out. So we should have 60 or so kids in jerseys cheering on uh, our team tonight. And hope to see a bunch of alums out and kind of celebrate and recognize their accomplishments. Well, it was it was fantastic last week at halftime when the '99 team was uh, introduced, and and you could tell, you know, they were even more excited uh, to just to be out there back on the field again, and I, I think on a field that was actually turf and uh, yeah. you know uh, green all the way across. But uh, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. So the uh, the teams tonight uh, will have a lot of familiar names, that's for sure. So. Uh, yeah. That should be good. Now, yeah, and and I hope with the with the young kids, they'll know that uh, when we say, and that results in another Glenbrook Dodge, and then they'll say, <laughs> no. And, and we we were wondering in the press box after a while, you know, the fourth quarter, it was it was a little getting a little you know, less than what. <laughs> then I look at the stat sheet, and we had 37 first downs. Yeah. So, so. yeah, it's tough to keep the momentum on that one when you get when you when you're putting up that many. I think tonight will be a little more. Uh, energized and i think the fourth quarter could be a little more interesting tonight than it was last week oh no doubt about it no doubt about it well mike thank you so much for joining us as always and uh, we'll see you in a few hours thanks jim appreciate the time as always all right that was mike mccaffrey athletic director at the university of st francis in our weekly cougar chat and uh sir do we want to take a break or we want to just let this thing ride let's let it ride okay well i can i can finagle some stuff we'll be good okay how are you Good, you? Good. Oh, not bad at all. Not bad. No. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so, new jacket? Yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, no, I, I drove by uh, St. Francis last week, and it was about 3 o'clock, and it was already still, it was already pretty deep in the parking lot in terms of uh, tailgaters, and with this week being homecoming, I, I can imagine it'll be even better this week. I, I love these 6 o'clock starts. I think it really... Yeah allows people to get on campus and enjoy other things going on and, you know, eat and drink and, and get excited about a game under the lights. It's it's a really cool atmosphere. I'm glad St. Francis is able to do it. And it, and it did. I mean, it, it lent to an atmosphere where, uh, where you know, it ended up getting dark in the, the third quarter and into the fourth. And uh, so you went from that uh, daytime atmosphere to night game. And, uh, the, but, yeah, the, the fans uh, – enjoy and yeah the tailgating starts very early regardless of start time you know whether it's noon or whether it's 6 p.m oftentimes as mike uh, mentioned last week um some of the fans are out there at 7 a.m yeah you know so dedicated they'll do whatever it takes but uh i would need a nap if i started at seven games at six i need to work in a two-hour nap in there somewhere that's That's me i try to do that today (laughs) yeah gotta when you get when you get old enough, your entire days roll revolve around when you can get a nap in. And I wish my wife understood that. She doesn't. Now she's a she's a couple years younger. Yeah. A uh, couple decades younger. <laughs> anyway, and and she's all ready to go. And she, you're napping again? Well, I only you know I only had nine hours of sleep last <laughs> night. And, you know, I gotta get to that magic twelve. And, and uh, you know, but but as you get older, it's just boy, you're looking for any. You know, where can I fit an app in? Yep. And so. It's and, all like, I, I thinking about it driving in to this morning. Okay, I got to do this, 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 but we're going to get that nap in. Okay, this game's at this time. Is it doing it? I'm looking at 1 to 2.30 myself. You are? Okay, yeah. that's a good yeah. good time. Yeah, you can get up and watch some of uh, Notre Dame, North Carolina at 3.30, potentially. 
Uh, uh, before I, you got to yeah, head out to the Cougs? I got I to gotta head out to the Cougs and, uh, yeah, have some things to do. So, But the yeah. nap is crucial. Nap it is. is key. It is. And the people that understand, the people that know out there, they know. And the people that don't, you will eventually. Right. You will get to that age where that nap is everything. And you know what? I'll get home and Diane will go, oh, I missed the last 10 minutes of the show. What'd you talk about? <laughs> oh, and you'll nothing. be dozing off already. Yeah, 46862, <laughs> Automotive Colored Supply, text line 46862. Put TS in the front of your message because uh, we don't, uh, we'll start reading some of the ones from the other stations and they have a health show on. And you don't want to hear health yeah, some, advice some from us. Some fentanyl questions coming in, and you yeah. don't want us touching those. No, but, uh, no, but uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. But, you know, big day for, for Notre Dame. You know, of course, we mentioned it, going to North Carolina. No, you know, IU tries to go on the road and have a respectable showing in Cincinnati, and I think it's a get-right game for Purdue with Florida Atlantic. Yes. And, you know, they need to bounce back after letting one get away last week, and they're sitting at one and two, only win over Indiana State. You know, just being able to get – a good win over four quarters, playing four quarters to get ready for the start of the Big Ten season, uh, the rest of the Big Ten season, at least, for Purdue coming up next week. Ended up having to listen to the end of the Purdue-Syracuse game last week on 1380. And, oh, my goodness. You know, anything that could have happened uh, uh, did. So it was uh, it was unfortunate. 46862, Automotive Color and Supply text line. Uh the Indiana Pacers announced the signing of guard Langston Galloway forward Justin Anderson and center Norvell Pell. Uh, and then the, the Pacers waived Benny Boatwright and Gabe York and David Stockton, which uh, likely means they're headed to Fort Wayne. But I love the signing of Justin Anderson, the first-team all-star last year in the NBA G League. And... Uh, Probably one of the best players in the league, well, by virtue of that too. But, but <laughs> with that, his personality, his ten, his tenacity, his drive, and just he's he's a great guy to watch. And uh, boy, it'd be great to see him in a Matt Ants jersey this coming season. So, uh, and Norvell Pell, that's a big guy that can score that uh, and rebound, of course. We'll see. Anyway, oh. That was uh, that was well, what surprised you in high school football this past week, Justin? Well, I, I think the dominance that we saw out of some teams when we looked at what Columbia City did, what Norwell did. And I don't know why I keep getting surprised, but I maybe I'm just looking for some sort of challenge for Norwell in the NEA. We saw it in the NECC as well. But, you know, the dominant teams continue p to be dominant in this area. When you look at Carroll, when you look at Adam Central, when you look at Norwell, is those trio of teams are head and shoulders above anybody else in their respective conferences. And it continues to show each and every week. I think the conversation now starts to turn as we're in the final third of the regular season is which of these teams can make a deep run in the playoffs. And, you know, you kind of throw Snyder in there in 5A and you, know, you look at, at 2A with Bishop Lures and, and east side and you know which of these squads can keep it going and make deep runs because i don't think there's a shoe-in for this area maybe outside of adam central that we look at and say that team's going to represent the north mm -hmm. in the state championship you'd like to have multiple teams down there from the area i think you know if you're a betting person right now you're putting heavy money on adam central Everybody else, I think, is is a question mark. So the the final three games of the regular season crucial as teams try to get to a point where they're peaking at the right time. 
You and Caleb Hatch will have much to talk about Monday morning yes. on Caleb and Kenny from 7 to 9 on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. That's going to do it for Talking Sports for a Saturday, September 24th. Thanks so much to Mike McCaffrey for joining us this morning. Thanks for your text that came in. And uh, also, thanks to everybody that tunes in and listens to Talking Sports on a weekly basis. Podcasts by Federated Media.